Welcome back to another episode of Reason to Doubt, your source for all things skeptical. I'm Jared, and this is Jordan with me today, as you always. You pointed the wrong way. See, you're always on the right. <laughs> I'm always on the right. Ah, so dang, we messed it up. That's all right. There's a lot of things you can mess up in life. Uh, one of those is how you vote. So today, we're going to talk about how not to do that. Um, right. We're basically going to be talking about how to vote as a skeptic. We think that skepticism is something you can apply in your daily life, and it has impact uh, not just on your religious beliefs, which is where it is often kind of focused, but also on every decision you make. You can approach it skeptically and try to have good reasons for the things you do. Uh, and a great example of that is the election that's supposed to be, as of time recording, happening next week. Yeah, so we're hoping to get this out uh, this week so people can go to the ballots with uh, information in their brain and use it wisely. So before we do that, though, we're going to bring you a fallacy because we always like to do that. And today's fallacy is the slothful induction fallacy. This is one that I'd actually never heard of. I, I mean, I've heard of people doing it, but I hadn't uh, <laughs> heard it like a name put to it. You didn't know it had a name, so yeah, it does. So, yeah, this one's pretty cool. Uh, you may have heard of a hasty generalization where you like jump to conclusions. Basically you get incomplete information, not enough information to make a good decision. And so you, you haste, you, you generalize in a hasty manner. Well, this is the opposite of that. This fallacy happens when you have sufficient reason to uh, agree to an inductive argument, but you don't anyway, you, you reject that stuff because you don't want to, uh, you don't like the conclusion or whatever. So for example, uh, someone might say that, you know, their friend, Fred, he's not a bad driver. I mean, yeah, he's had 15 car accidents in the last two months, but those were all terrible coincidences. <laughs> you, know, he's, he, you can't say he's a bad driver. That's <laughs> yeah. It's important to point out too that just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't mean they're committing this fallacy. Some people can be reasonable. They can have information presented to them and it still not be sufficient for them to justify uh, a belief in that. Also, uh, we have to realize that cognitive bias is a thing, and sometimes you just don't see stuff. So, um. Right. So what this is really referring to is when you have like overwhelming, clear evidence of a thing, and you just refuse to accept it. That's when you're committing this yes. policy. Yeah. So, so. Uh, segue, not sure how to go from that to voting, but here we go. So uh, like we said at the top, we're going to be talking about voting. Uh the first part of this, at least, we're going to try to keep as apolitical as possible. We're just going to give you information as to how to approach this uh, process skeptically. So before we get into that, we have to, like, if we're going to do it right, we need to know, like, why are we doing this at all? Why are we doing this thing, the thing we call voting? And if there, you could make arguments that it's like your civic duty or you're doing because of responsibility or whatever, but the act of voting uh, the thing you're doing is influencing the policies of your area, your government, federally, whatever, uh, with the intention of making them align with what you think should happen. Mm -hmm. It's so, basically your voice in politics, right? Right. You're exercising your political will to some effect to bring about what you think is best for your area, whatever you're voting for. Now, depending on your form of government, how much it has an impact might change. We're going to be mainly focusing on America because we're both Americans and the American election is next week, but these principles should apply more broadly, just translate it to your own government. So uh, these could have an indirect impact. In America, you elect a representative who allegedly represents your interests and like votes the way you think they should vote. Uh, it could also have a direct impact. There's some ballot initiatives 
they might put it directly to the voter and you know depending on what passes that might actually happen so yeah california does that a lot so yeah um. uh, so if that's what you're doing if you're going to approach it as a skeptic generally being part of being skeptical is acting rationally and in this context acting rationally would mean that you'd be using your power to vote in a way that aligns with your goals right you're right. acting in a manner consistent with your goals whatever right. those goals might be I mean, if you're going to go to the effort of go to the polls and have your voice be heard, you want to do that with an informed decision, right? You don't want to waste your vote. You don't want to go in line and take a sample ballot and just copy that over to your ballot, right? That's not valuable. The good news is it doesn't take a lot of effort to become Mm -hmm. informed in today's uh, environment. You can, after you've done some initial kind of thinking about things, which we'll talk about in a second, under half an hour and sometimes dramatically less, you can become sufficiently informed to be a rational actor. Uh, Mm -hmm. But you do have to take that step to get the baseline amount of information you need to make a rational decision. So the first step in this process to get informed is you have to decide what you find important. What is important to you? What goals do do you care about? We have a two-party system the vast and overwhelming majority of people you're voting for are going to be for one party or the other. The parties have different stances. You're not likely going to agree with every stance. So, and even if you agree with the party line stance, that doesn't mean that this specific person you're voting for agrees with that party line, right? So you may not agree with everything this person you're voting for stands for. So you're going to have to prioritize, you know, so you can decide, well, I agree on a disagree on B, which one is more important. So this part might take some more time, but the good news is you don't have to do it every election, you know, you kind of have a good idea of what you think is important. So uh, just there, there's really no shortcut here. <laughs> this is a just good practice for skepticism. Examine what you believe and why. Do you believe that abortion should be legal and freely available? Do you think it should be restricted? If so, why? Why are your reasons for that? Just basically do that for all the big t- button issues that you care about. Yeah. It's also, I mean, <clears throat> a lot of people will do what's called like one issue voting. So you've heard this in you ever been to any kind of religious organization like abortion like that's a one issue thing like they vote on that issue that's the only thing they care about so if that is in your mind the most important issue to you then you, your research is really done at that point right yeah. i think <laughs> i think it may be better to look at what other things are on the ballot or what is issues that are important to you and weigh those like all right well this one is more important but this one also kind of so you could be a rational voter by voting for a single issue if, in fact, that is so important that it overrides every other concern. Yes. As long as you've like actually thought about it and have come to a reasoned conclusion that that is the case, not that that's the only thing you hear about and the thing you're most angry about, so that's the thing you're going to vote on, that's <laughs> maybe not a rational decision. Right? They said on Fox News that... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So no shortcut to that. You got to do some self-introspection and just some thinking there. But you've done that. Now you know what you believe and why. Great. So now we need to arm you with information that you can use to enact those beliefs into policy. Where do I get this information, though, Jordan? Great question. Definitely not scripted or planned. So (laughs) (laughs) you can how you're going to get it might depend on where you are. Uh, You might be able to go to like your election office. They might have a sample ballot. But a good first step would be to go to a free website that offers that service. Uh, Two examples would be vote411.org or uh, ballotpedia.org. Both are great. I prefer Ballotpedia. All these links will be in the description, but I'm just going to pull up Ballotpedia real quick and we can show you how easy it is. Okay. So 
Uh, this is Ballotpedia. As you can see, I live at Mar-a-Lago in Florida. Uh, the raid was pretty exciting, let me tell you. You just doxied yourself. Everybody yep, knows. No, uh, that's it. <laughs> yeah, I'm secretly one of Trump's staffers. So uh, just going to view my ballot there. There's tells you when your election out. is. Yep. Tells you when the election is. Uh, and if there's like, sometimes there'll be a special election or something. So you might need to like see which one you're looking at. We're looking at the November 8th election. Uh, so on this case, you've got some ballot me measures. And that's what we're talking about. We've got direct uh, control over what's going on. Um, and then you'll have the various races that are running, that are going on. So and shows you all the candidates for each one for each position right. that's being put up. So. Right. So uh, this is who's running. You can see their uh, their party affiliation. If you click on them, it'll give you a like background information on the person, kind of some biographical information. You can see some top line things they've done. So this can be a good starting point. Um, just for your information, you will always be voting on a representative because your representatives have a two-year term and there's an election every two years. Uh, you'll be voting for a senator uh, two out of three elections. So every third election, you won't have one because they have six-year terms. So uh, with when it comes to the ballot measures, again, no shortcut. You just kind of have to read them and see what's up. Your local newspaper might have some information about uh, the ballot measures um, they do have like an overview here on Ballotpedia of like, here's a description of what it is. Here's kind of some background information, but I'd recommend, you know, maybe looking for some more information if this isn't enough. It's really case by case. Um, Good. So now we have some information on, on the candidates. We have a little bit of background information on who they are, um, maybe a little bit of voting history, but not sufficient on Ballotpedia. Ballotpedia is really mostly just to kind of show you who the candidates are, what the issues are, and what your sample ballot looks like. We need to do a little bit deeper dive, and there's a couple pieces of information that we're going to want, right? So we have voting records, statements, things that they've said in the past, uh, who's endorsing them could be important for you, and there's a really good source for this that Jordan has for us. So this is Project Vote Smart, and they combine all of those pieces of information together in one place. So we're going to pull up from our Mar-a-Lago race. I know Marco Rubio is running. Uh, so he's still relevant. So. Well, I don't know if he's relevant, <laughs> but he's running. Uh, I think he's the incumbent actually. Yep. Says incumbent right there on the screen. So we're going to click Marco Rubio. Cool. That's the guy we're looking at. And now we can go through and find all those things we we're looking for. So uh, we can look at his voting record. We don't care about the ad and you can see all the voting he's done since like the beginning of time and you could click into any of these pieces and see what it is. Now the pro here is this is no crap exactly what he actually did, right? These are actions he took that voting on things is what your Senator does. And this is what he's done. So this shows exactly where they stood on everything. The con is you probably have no idea what most of these were for and yeah. uh, whether or not they were good. Sometimes there can be reasons why you might not vote for a good piece of legislation or whatever. So Somebody's that, trying that, to stick some stuff in there for yeah. no good reason, right? So that might not be easy to distill. You can also go to speeches and it'll show you like statements that they've made. Um, you can like click into various speeches they've done and see what's in there. Uh, one good thing about looking at statements is that they're intentionally geared to like being quick, concise summaries of a statement or policy position or something like that. So it already like they've distilled it. But on the other hand, talk is cheap. They can say whatever they want, particularly on the on the campaign trail and while 
candidates do tend to fulfill their pro their promises more often than not it's still like they could say anything right another good thing to look at is endorsements so you can just click on ratings and you've got uh they've collated all of these uh, endorsements by issue so you can look at that the issues that you decided were most important to you and you can see what these lobbying groups said about the person the way it works you'll have like the name of the lobbying group and kind of a rating from zero to 100 100 percent means they endorse them full hard wholeheartedly zero percent they don't so the advantage to this is these lobbyists their job is to influence voters by giving these kind of ratings and endorsements and so they look through the the politicians history they've basically done all that work for you they've decided if this person is good for abortion or bad for abortion or good on agriculture or whatever whatever their pet issue is yeah the con to that is you're not thinking for yourself at that point so right so you have to be careful which lobbyists are you trusting first of all lobbyists they don't they're not working like they don't have your interest at heart they're trying to get your vote to get their interest done right? yeah so you need to be kind of careful as like which lobbyists do you trust NARAL, for instance, N-A-R-A-L, pro-choice lobby, pretty straightforward. If a person has a 0% rating by NARAL, they're pro-life. That's like, that's <laughs> very easy, right? But you may not necessarily want to rely on every endorsement. You know, again, some you're basically off, you're subcontracting, you're thinking. Yes. What I like to do is go to the positions tab. And this is uh, something that Project Vote Smart does. They kind of combine all of these things voting records, the statements, their endorsements, everything. And they infer positions of the person on the various issues. So you can see uh, they will kind of summarize what the person's position is on abortion, including like, here's a vote that the person made that could be relevant. Here's some statements they've made. Here's a rating that they've had. And it just kind of puts all of it in one place. And you can just go all the way down the list for everything that you find important. Yeah. And this is useful too. So let's say there's a couple issues that are really important to you. You might want to do some deeper dives on those, but then there may be some ancillary issues that, you know, are somewhat important to you, but you just want to get the gist of it. This is a really right. good resource for that. So, right. And you can just, you can even just like pull up the two major candidates side by side, and just go down the list and see what one agrees with what, you know, very easy. Uh, so you can skim over it real quick and see what they think. And uh, they have this kind of summary on all of your like federal level candidates. Uh, some of them, some of the smaller candidates might even like they have this political courage test. They like questionnaire that no politician actually ever wants to fill out because they don't want to be nailed down to something like this. But some people do. But if you can't find your person on uh, Project Vote Smart because they don't cover every single like race for dog catcher in the country, you know, uh, at that point you're down to two more resources that you could use. You could use the campaign website. So every candidate is going to have a website. And on the one hand, it's going to very quickly tell you the positions that they have and you know, some quick sound bites and the things that they think are most important. So you're getting it straight from the horse's mouth. On the other hand, you're getting it straight from the horse's mouth and that horse might be lying to you because they're politicians, right? So it's kind of like the statement thing before. I mean, it's going to be a biased take, but it does at least tell you what they're saying their positions are. Uh, for a small race, uh, like a local election, which local elections are mm. perhaps more important to you than the federal The federal elections get all the, the glory, right? But 
the person who impacts your life the most. Your school board superintendent for your kids right. is pretty important. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, so for that, you might be able to look up a local paper. Uh, they might have like a, a basic breakdown of the thing. You'll get stories about those people who are active on the county level. Um, I can't give you any advice for what paper is in your area. You'll just have to find that for yourself, but there's another yeah. resource for you. If you need to know your local paper, we might have, a, have another conversation about... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Twitter assist. Yes. So, all right. So that's the individual. Those are the candidates, right, for the thing. A lot of people... Like we mentioned before, when you go there, they just give you a sample ballot and they say, here's the Democratic sample ballot and you just vote D or R down the line. Or maybe if you're Green Party, whatever. Is why that are you even something, voting? Yeah, why are you voting? Is that something you can do? Is that a viable option? As a skeptic, I'd say yes, if. So the blue no matter who kind of voting strategy of going straight party line can be a rational decision if you're doing it for rational reasons. Mm. So you could be looking at this kind of tactically, right? You might think, for instance, that just to pull a situation that's ridiculous, that would never happen, say, for example, one party had in the very recent past endorsed a leader who had attempted the violent overthrow of your country, had like done a lot of corrupt deals to try to undermine the democratic process and really try to destroy the foundation of your civilization, you might not want to support that party. You might might have some misgivings about the things that they've done, right? And if that were the case and you feared that were they to gain power again, the entire country might burn to the ground, then it might be rational to do everything in your power to avoid that, even if you don't like your particular candidate. Sure. That total, total hypothetical, or that total would never happen. Yeah. But the other thing too is to consider um, a lot of parties align with each other, and a lot of uh, lower level candidates or people in positions affect what happens above them, right? So if you have Democratic congressmen and senators, or congresswomen or senators, who they affect everything. And so let's say you want to, I'm going to vote for a Republican president, but I'm going to vote for a Democratic congressperson. Um, you totally within your right to do that, but just know that a lot of those parties will lobby one another to try to get something done. And so if you're really passionate about a certain issue and you see that the party has aligned with something, then in order to try to really ensure that, that issue aligns with you, you may want to vote for that party in that case as well. Um, in today's hyperpartisan environments, it's difficult to get bipartisan things done. And the parties, the Republicans are particularly good at this, are lean heavily on their members to force them to go in line. They do things mm -hmm. like threaten primary challengers, threaten to remove their funding, uh, those like give endorsements to their the people who are going to take the power away from them. And so there isn't as much variance between the individual candidate and the party as there may have used to been in Congress. Governors are a little bit more insulated from that sort of thing. So maybe they're a little bit more free. Uh, speaking of parties, what about third parties? We haven't mentioned any of them. Uh, so can you rationally vote for a third party? Is that a skeptical thing to do? It can be. It, it could. Uh, if you're in a place with ranked choice voting, which if you're not aware is a voting it's there's a lot of different ways to do it but basically you vote for all the people you say this is the one i like the most then the next most and the next most and the next most and if the guy at the top the person you voted for first loses doesn't get enough votes 
then your vote instead goes to the next one and the next one, next one until someone wins. So right. that's a no, there's no cost to voting your heart at that point. Do whatever aligns with your uh, beliefs. But most of the country is not like that. So you can vote for a third party if you go in understanding the full implications of that decision, right? It needs, again, be a rational decision. So you have to understand that the person you are voting for is not going to win. It rarely happens. Yes, that, that there are a couple of uh, independents in Congress. I, I don't know the actual number, but they, they come and go. But it's like single digits, right? Mm -hmm. Fractions of a percent of those races win. And more often than not, they align with one of the two parties anyway. So it it's just not going to happen. For <laughs> yeah. So if, <laughs> if you want your voice to be heard and say, I am supporting X party and realizing that that party, by voting for them, the issues that you truly care about are going to go to whatever party else is that you're kind of throwing your vote away. But if, if it's really important for you to support well, a party, then... The, the counter argument is that's only that way because we all do that. And if we decided as voters to vote our hearts, then <laughs> it would be better, which I guess is true. Uh, and so if you real feel passionate about that and that making that statement with your vote is important enough to you that you are willing to concede having virtually no impact on how the election goes, then rock on as you know, rock your skeptical socks off. You'd have to have a really good I mean. From a skeptical point of view, you'd have to have a really good reason to do right. that, though. Like, Again, we're talking about goals, right? If you're acting yeah. rationally, you're going to act in accordance with your goals. And so by doing that, if you're doing it rationally, you're saying making this statement is more important to me than influencing things like abortion rights or taxes or defense spending or whatever else it is that's important to you. This yeah. statement is more important than all of the rest such that I'm willing to concede any influence on the rest in order to have this. If that is where you stand and that's, you know, that's what you think best supports your goals, then that's a rational act. However, if that is not where you stand, if you think, well, it'd be cool to make that, that statement, but I would also really like abortion to be legal, then that's not a rational act anymore. Yeah. And one thing that'd be it's interesting, or one thing we should point out here is that this process really applies to any sort of worldview or any sort of political party. You notice we haven't brought up religion we haven't brought up parties really you don't know which party jordan and i vote for well i mean you probably you very know, probably but. do but <laughs> um this process this skeptical process can be used by anybody it can be used by an atheist christian muslim it could be used by a democrat a green party what do they call people from green 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 partyettes i don't know greenies uh, greenies green, green greenies <laughs> anyways anybody can use it so be skeptical when you're voting right uh, the, and this is a good model just to apply skepticism in your life. It doesn't have to be for politics. Decide what your goal is. Think about why you should have that goal. Gather the information necessary to make an informed decision, and then make a decision that aligns with that goal. There you go. Too easy. Yeah. And uh, what I don't have it here, but there are websites out there too. So let's say you're like, I am clueless about politics. I don't even know where I stand on abortion. I don't know where I stand on taxes. There are other websites out there and surveys that you can do to try to show you where you may align with a certain issue. I think I'm not going to point any here, but there are places out there where you can go to get more informed on issues too. So just be cognizant of the source of your yeah. information. There's a lot of uh, partisan think tanks that are like have They're an agenda. 
exactly. and you know so like they're not giving you inf- they're, they're intending to persuade you of something but may not be forthright about that uh just google the name of whatever source you're getting and you know partisan lean or something and you'll get the information you need be skeptical it's, of your sources it's never been easier in the day of in the age of google to find out something that you need to find out like the ac- the, the information we need is there and it's you can access it so Okay, so that is all the information we have for you. Quick summary. You want to be a good skeptic on election day? Step one, think about what it is that's important. Why are you voting? What are you trying to accomplish? Step two, find information about your ballot and what you are actually going to be voting on so that you can be conformed on those specific things. Step three, for each candidate, look through and you know kind of see where they align on those things that you thought were important. And with that information, decide who you're going to vote on. If you choose to eschew all of that because you want to be a tactical voter and vote the party line because it's very important to you that this party wins, you don't care about the specific candidates, that's fine. Just make sure that's a deliberate decision you're doing for rational reasons because it supports your broader goals, right? Don't just do it because you hate the other guy. Do it for a rational reason. And if you want to vote for a third party, feel free to do so, of course. Just be aware that the third party is not going to win. Don't kid yourself. It's not going to happen. So understand that that's the case when you make your decision. <laughs> uh, that's our show. Uh, yep. If you if you enjoyed it, please hit that subscribe button, like YouTube stuff, you know, uh, really helps out. We are I like 280 subs at the time this happened. So it'd be super cool if we got to 300 before the end of the year. Uh, next, not next week, week after on uh, the 22nd, we're going to have a uh, David Fitzgerald, who is the author of Nailed and uh, Jesus Mything in Action, which is a very clever title, even if (laughs) my opinion on the book, I'll leave for that episode. But we're going to talk about his mythicism and why he thinks Jesus doesn't exist and why we think he's wrong. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be off the chain. Yeah. So make sure you come. Uh, We'll be doing that one live so you can ask questions of uh, Dave. He's a pretty cool guy, uh, regardless of, you know, how we feel about this particular issue. So I'm sure you'd love to have your questions. Uh, and until next, until that happens, until you can talk to Dave, remember, you've always got reason to doubt. Vote skeptically. Peace out.